on June 11, 1889, to honor the Queen of Italy named Margarita, a baker in Naples named Raphael Esposito created the pizza margarita. He took a flatbread, dipped it in some olive oil, and on top of it, he put tomatoes, which are red. He put mozzarella, which is white. He took basil, which is green, so that he could represent the colors displayed on the Italian flag. Although there has been reference to the word pizza for a few thousand years, Chef Esposito is credited with bringing pizza into the modern world. And for the amateur linguist who's listening in, pizza comes from the Latin pensere, which means to pound or to stamp. Who in America hasn't eaten pizza? And what makes one pizza chef different from another? While tonight's guest, the chef, went to culinary school, before that, he actually painted houses. And like most craftsmen, he apprenticed under a master who taught him the importance of technique and detail. He enjoyed the craft so much, it became more than a living, it became a vocation. And he soon came to realize that what he really enjoyed was the art of technique. Encouraged by a friend to integrate technique and detail with his love of cooking, he went to culinary school and learned something about himself, that his inspiration for food has always been that feeling of friends, family, and love. And that technique is what drives him to create a few hundred pizza pies every day in a restaurant in suburban Washington, D.C. Documented in a wonderful documentary called New Chefs on the Block, our guests this evening opened their first restaurant in 2014 and applied life skills learned from multiple careers to commit what is really a life of service to others while at the same time nourishing their soul. How does one go from house painter to pizza chef, betting his life savings along the way? It's easy, with the love of parents and his life partner and lovely wife. This is their story of transformation. Welcome to A Climb to the Top, Stories of Transformation on Talk Radio 77 WABC. I'm Chuck Garcia, and my guests this evening are Franklin and Kate Diamond of a restaurant in Kensington, Maryland called Frankly Pizza. Frank and Kate, welcome to A Climb to the Top. Thank you. Hi there, thank Hello. you. I couldn't help, but when I thought about how am I gonna open up this show, the only way that I could do it was to create a vision of this thing called pizza. And Frank, let me start with you. While I describe you as a house painter, can you tell us about your childhood? And once you described in an article that you had eaten a bowl of Italian wedding soup from your grandma, and something about that memory stayed in your head and ultimately made it to your heart. Tell us about that experience and, and how it came to inform what you do now. Well, I grew up with a very loving family. Um, my mom and dad had a very, they have a very strong relationship as, as they still do today. Um, they just, and basically that flowed on to their children, my sister Rachel and myself. So we, you know, we grew up with love and hugs and, you know, we were around a lot. My parents were entrepreneurs and, 
you know, uh, successful, unsuccessful, it's up and downs when it comes to entrepreneurship, it's a different mindset. And I spent most of my life paying attention and watching my family through wins and losses. You know? yeah. um, as far as the bowl of wedding soup, it's, it's crazy. My grandmom had a catering business underneath a bar and we would go there before the bar would open. And, I, you know, I didn't really, all this, all this memory started to flood in uh, about 10 years ago after I was eating this bowl of wedding, you know, this, this soup, this amazing Italian soup. There's so many flavors, the viscosity of the soup, the meatballs, the, the, the sharp Romano cheese floating around in there and the little bits of eggs and stuff. And so it's crazy. It, it just took me back. Like, it's incredible what food can do when you, you eat it and you enjoy it and it just it takes you back. And I, I feel like that's kind of what pizza does. It just, you bite it and you think of childhood memories. And it's, you know. Well, as, as you were contemplating career choices, there were some twists and turns that led you to ultimately paint houses and appreciate the art of technique. What <laughs> ultimately led you to say, I, you, know, you became a chef, you went to culinary school, but there's a lot of things that you can do with culinary arts. You decide yeah. to narrow that focus and to do it on one thing, this thing that you pound and that you stamp every day. Why that? Um, I always had a fondness towards food. Um, I was a hunter. I grew up hunting and eating what I hunted and um, pretty much learned a lot from just my parents for cooks uh, and Basically, you know, we grew up and grew our own food and my mom and dad cooked it and canned it. And I just, you know, I grew up with it around me. And when I was young, my cousin and I would talk about having a pizza restaurant because we'd eat it every Sunday night. Pizza, so, you, you know. made it every night, right? Or you made it at home? Well, we would buy it. My parents every once in a while would, would make a Sicilian style pizza, big square pan pizza, you know, and it's delicious. You know. right. It's just a lot of work. So I understood um, later on in life why, <laughs> why they would buy it. But um, ultimately, while culinary school taught you to do a lot of things, there was a very narrow range. Was it simply the love of pizza, this one thing, as opposed to creating a restaurant where you could have like many Italian restaurants with so many different options, with pizza being one of them? You decided on a different direction, though. Yeah, um, I, you know, culinary school wasn't really in my mind. I was, <laughs> I was dating this girl at the time uh, back when I was painting houses, and I would just cook these meals from her, and I'll just come out with this crazy stuff. And she's like, "What are you, what are you doing? Like, why are you painting houses?" You know, I loved it, but you know, one night I come home and there's all these books over my bed, you know, um, about going to culinary school. The, the, the ride to becoming a chef, uh, and I read them all. You know, I looked at them all, and literally, like two months later, I was enrolled in culinary school. Opening a restaurant uh, was crazy, but the idea of it, and I never wanted to follow through with that. It wasn't really interesting to me. Um, but we would still fall back on the comfort of pizza. And Kate, meeting Kate years after going to culinary school, we would start making pizza every Thursday night, and. You know, I, I had a couple families. I was a private chef eventually and I had a couple families I would cook for, but I, they would just, they were, you know, they like to travel around the world and they would give me like a week's notice before they go away for like a month. And I was just, I, I can't do this. So I was making pizza and I was like, 
you know, really getting into the style of it, how to cook it properly. I started making an oven out back. And one day I was like, Kate, I, I think instead of having four clients, I want to have thousands. So it's like, it's, I want to make pizza, you know? And it was a love of mine. So I loved it. Well, it, it's, not do it. it's obvious you did it because it was very much in your roots growing up. But Kate, when did you come into Frank's life? At what point through, through that process did you come in and begin to observe Hmm. What could this be? The craziness. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what are you nuts? <laughs> it was sort of when you know we were eating pizza three nights a week, or that fourth oh, night. One, and now you're at three. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, wait a second. And you know, he would say, "Oh, I changed the salt content by X amount. Can what do you think?" And I, you know. I'd eaten so much pizza, I really was like, uh, tastes great. You know, it was very good. I just, he, his level of detail at that point was like, it was crazy. I couldn't keep up. I, you know, I was working full time myself. And, but yeah, we were eating pizza a lot. And that's when I realized, okay, something else is going on here. Uh, you know, <laughs> this is different. <laughs> Frank changed the salt content. Did he mention to you his love of this thing called technique? Were you aware there was something in his mindset that now, while he certainly used it to paint these beautiful homes, there's something mm -hmm. else it's very much using your hands, just as mm -hmm. you could, to craft something that is very visual. But now we're going from the visual, which your pizza is beautiful, to now something very visceral, yeah, very primal where we're now going to share the love that he had growing up. And you said, wow, are we going to start or are you going to start a restaurant? Because you were doing something else. What were you doing prior to your commitment to the restaurant? Um, so I was working full time um, as, a, as a manager of a software engineer group. Right. I worked for a company that recruited patients for clinical trials. Um, so I was, you know, in the IT world yeah. and just working a lot. But, you know. I knew that Frank was always a perfectionist. He was always trying to be the best at what he was doing. And even when pizza or dough was sort of a hobby, or we would buy the dough and try to make pizzas at home, you know, his first inclination was, oh, I can make this better. It's, you know, anytime we try something, it's always, oh, let me take my stab at it. Let me make this better. So, yeah. So now here you are, and now we're going to get to what, what is really, and I want to remind our audience about this wonderful <laughs> New Chefs on the Block available on Amazon Prime. I loved it. I watched it, and I was so enthralled by the story. And that's why I said I've got to get these guys on the show because we have many, many listeners that are often at this point in their lives, sometimes with life partners, sometimes on their own, where they may want to make a big leap. Describe to us either one of you, the origin of, okay, I think maybe Frank will start with you. Okay, I think I can do this. I'll call it, frankly, pizza. It makes perfect sense. It's only going to be pizza. It's going to be around in our hometown, but it takes capital and time and labor and love. Why did you create, frankly, pizza in 2014? Um, I just, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> question. Just, it's obvious, I just really enjoyed, I just really enjoyed feeding people and making pizza. It was great because we would, you know, eventually when I got a little comfortable with my recipe, I would bring Kate's coworkers over yeah. and feed them. Right. In fact, the, one, the first night that we, you know, that I finished my pizza oven, 
like I didn't put mortar on it. I just started cooking it immediately. Yeah. I had Kate's friends come over mm -hmm. um, and I just cooked, I just, just catered, catered to them all night long, just feeding them pizza and whatever drinks we had. I think he was wearing a headlamp at one point. It was like dark out and he was still making pizza. And we were all like, Frank, can you just sit down and just, like hang out with us? And he was like, no, no. I have one more pizza to try. I have one more. <laughs> Let me change Good. the small content just a touch. Exactly. How about this and how yeah. about instead I make you a white pizza instead of a red pizza? How's exactly. that? Exactly. But now then, to start a restaurant is an enormous task. You knew that you had to take capital from whatever you saved and you're going to put it into this thing and you're going to create it from scratch, including the oven. Help our audience understand just briefly, was it terrifying, exciting, all of the above? What did it feel like to do? I'm sure it was, I'm sure it was terrifying for Kate because I just love jumping into a volcano, you know? I mean, I'm all about risk taking. I'm a big mountain biker. I love going up and I love going down, and neither bothers me. <laughs> I hate both. <laughs> I was going to say, how did Kate feel about you jumping into a volcano? Oh my God, what are you doing? Yeah, totally. Yeah, I mean, but you know, I didn't drag Kate with me. You know, she she saw the vision I had and tepidly stepped her foot in, and you know, just you know, I I was always honest with Kate. And she knows that I follow through on when I say I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. You know, I mean, I'll have these visions, these multiple visions and, you know, you got to take the first step first. I, you get a vision, you have it, you put it on paper, but that's the step. But the first step is really building, starting business plan, all that. That never happened with anything. But once I started that with this pizza plan, she started seeing it evolving in my mind. The visions I have, everything's on paper. Yeah, and, and we sort of, you know, started small. We we started with a food truck or a, a mobile oven to just to sort of test the waters. That was, um, I mean, an idea we both kind of like, liked at first, and then and that helped, I think, you know, to to get the make sure there was the product was something people would enjoy, that there was a market for it, you know, mm -hmm. just to test the waters. I think that was a huge huge help. And what's described in the documentary is the formation, really the gutting of a, of a property that ultimately turned into this place called Frankly Pizza. But there's just two people prominent in the film. There's your dad and there's Kate, and or your parents. Your dad seemed to show up a little bit more. But Kate, you were watching this, and at some point you said, I'm going to keep my day job. And if this was 2014, when did you make up your mind that you were going to be part of this venture and leave that? It was about a year into it, so uh, May of 2015, I made the decision to leave my job and come to work, you know, full time at Frankly Pizza. I was there anyway uh, and doing a lot of stuff on the side, but I just felt to be able to uh, be there and be fully committed was more beneficial for the, both the business, you know, and our relationship. Indeed. You're listening to A Climb to the Top, Stories of Transformation on Talk Radio 77 WABC. I'm Chuck Garcia, and my guests this evening are Franklin and Kate Diamond of Frankly Pizza in Kensington, Maryland. They are featured in an Amazon Prime film called New Chefs on the Block. Let me shift the focus then, if I may, because there's something here with the evolution of your restaurant. Now, your marriage, which marriage has its own challenges in the modern world, irrespective of being in the same place in the service of your diners. 
what is it like to manage a restaurant for both of you, given that your lives are entwined both at mm -hmm. home and at the restaurant? Um, <laughs> that's a it big doesn't, It doesn't affect him. He, he, yeah, you, he loves it. He thinks it's great. <laughs> You're still cooking pizzas. <laughs> Yeah. Not that but, I know. Kate's ready to leave. <laughs> <laughs> right. How about I get out of here? Now, while I'm at it, take a slice of pizza with you. Well, Kate, you have an interesting vantage point because you've watched the evolution of Frank's career into this and you decided to commit to it. That's not easy on a lot of relationships. Yeah. I mean, I think I th there was a place for me. I think there, you know, our jobs are super different. You know, I stay completely out of the kitchen. I'm not going to lie. Um, I have nothing to do with the cooking. Good point. You're front of the house? Front of the house. I do more of the business side of things as well. Um, and so our, our roles are super separate. And, um, and our, but I think, you know, so at the end of the day, that really helps I me. Mean, we are sort of op opposite personalities. So everything just meshes well for us as a couple and business owners. And I treat it as 100% mm -hmm. each way. You know, we, we, it's, it's all in or it's, it doesn't work. It's, I'm not trying to put a thumb on Kate and Kate, mm -hmm. Kate's not doing that to me. So we look at each other for help and, mm -hmm. you know, we help each other out. We're always lending each other a hand. And, you know, that's how relationship should be in the first place. You know, it's love and mutual respect. Well, Frank, describe, yeah. describe for us so people will know you're, 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 you go into your restaurant at whatever time and you and your staff are there and you got to deliver 300 pizzas. What is it like for those that didn't watch the movie or have never been in a kitchen? What is it like every day recognizing that you, ha you have something to do at a high standard in the service of your clients because you need them coming back? Right. Des describe what's in front of you, dough, sauce. Walk, walk us through that process. Mm -hmm. It's a little, a little chaotic. So walking in, uh, I, I give everybody the daily, hey, what's going on, everybody? You know, dancing around, and, you know, um, and I want to see what's going on, see if the line's getting set up properly. And you know, I've trained the guys and girls well enough to, you know, they, they know the lineup before the stage opens. You know, they, they get it. So, you know, they're getting all the dough out. It needs to sit out, come sometime, some, come up to a certain temperature so it's easily pounded. And, you know, the, the oven's fired. Uh, and, you know, we've got the line up, the expo, salad station. Now it's a little different. This Now pre-COVID, it was, you know, 4.30, 5 o'clock, people start rolling in, you know. Now it's different. The music's a little bit louder. We're in there and, you know, it's all online right now. Everyone is putting their orders in. I mean, it's just an honor to be, have something that's so appreciated. First of all, it's, Absolutely. I had no words to describe the kind of just loyalty we have to our pizza and just the friendly customers. It's, it's incredible. I have no idea, you know, but it's been amazing. And our staff, yes, staff has been there since we, we've opened. And they eat a pizza every night. The same, it's, it's, I don't get it, you know? I tell them not to do it anyway. <laughs> well, Frank, there, there was something I picked up on as I watched the documentary. Maybe this relates to the technique and the detail. And I remember at some point in the film, you talked about the tomato sauce. And you said, you know, that you had the dough and you, like a lot of people could do the pound and create the dough, but you were very specific about the sauce. But that was a metaphor for something else. It was a metaphor for your own standard. Has that changed over time? 
Yes. I mean, the sauce has changed. I've tweaked it, you know, over time. I haven't tweaked it for about two years now, but I honestly just, I really like to keep that consistent and it gives me something I really love to do. I spend like six hours making that sauce on a given day, one day a week, two, two days a week, you know, and um but that's the key i think is the consistency consistency and the quality it's it's his mantra right i mean every day everything has to be up to a certain standard up to a certain quality and just sending out one pizza that isn't quite right is you know that one customer who's going to maybe not come back or not tell their 10 friends and that's a huge deal for frank because obviously that's what you know restaurants are you know made or break you know, broken on. So it's, it's super important. And I drive that in consistency. Mm-hmm. Inconsistency is the death of a restaurant, you know, and I, I tell them between that and when people come to the restaurant, I want them to be treated like they're on vacation, you know, like, so it's all about, it's all about the service and it's all about a product that is consistently throughout the time that we're in Kensington, we're open, you know, it's, it, it needs to be consistent. And that's, Really, my drive is to make sure everybody's up to par, paying attention. Um, because when I see something that goes out that shouldn't have, I, I, it's, it's like someone stepping on my heart. Frank, I'd imagine growing up in a farm, you couldn't take a day off. Someone had to go do what you do as farmers. So it's right. not as if you could wait around for someone else to come here and you know feed the chickens. You had to do it. And I suspect in your mind, the mindset of the factory that you create every day to, 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 to serve a few hundred extraordinary pizzas, is it the same mindset? Are you still the farmer? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for but sure. I also think that goes back to the point of why it's just pizza. Right. Um, you know, so you can be laser focused. You can train people on your vision and it's, there's not a million things I mean, there's a lot going on to make these pizzas, but I think it's one product. The quality is high and the standards are high. And that's, that was the point of the original vision, right? I mean, to be focused. Actually, I'm glad you said that because I want to bring in another linguistic reference here. The word uh, pizza was preceded by focaccia. And if you think of the word focaccia, the Latin origin of focaccia is focus. And when I thought about this as I was prepping for this show and I was looking at that and I grew up, my dad was a linguist, so I grew up thinking of this love of language, focaccia focus. And I thought about, frankly, pizza. What is it? It is focused. And Frank, maybe your name is Frank. That's a very clever play on words. You have, frankly, focused pizza. And I think that's a really great lesson. But before, in the time that we have remaining, Kate, I wonder from your vantage point, what have you learned about yourself? And Frank, I'm going to ask you the same question. Are you ready for that? In this world where you have vaulted from what was your IT career, you are now in this partnership and every single day in the service of Frankly Pizza. Mm-hmm. How is, what, what has been your evolution here? Um, I think, you know, Frank and I, I didn't grow up in an entrepreneurial family. So some, you know, being your own boss, starting your own business was never in my calling or my DNA. It's just not something I thought I would do. So I think I learned that I could do this. I mean, I I really had no, uh, you know, aspirations to do it. I certainly was very comfortable in my, like, go to work, you know, go to work and come home job. 
Um, you weren't cooking pizzas <laughs> in your head, no, or washing dishes. Yeah, no, never no. planned this. No, I think when I told my parents, they were like, what? what? <laughs> but um, yeah, I think I learned that I, I could do this, that I actually am capable and that it's something I enjoy and, you know, not so bad at it. So that was it for me. Now for Frank, you know, as we think about adjusting the salt, a little bit more basil, a little less something or other, you started this six years ago and here you are now in a crisis. You guys are doing the best you can, getting out the same standards. What did you learn about yourself through this time? Um, I don't like boredom. <laughs> can't Good stand one. it. Okay. Yeah, I've, I've every I don't like not being busy. You know, it's, we have a lot of things going on and this is really just put them in the closet, you know, and it's just, I hate to be stifled, you know, yep. mentally and, uh, you know, I'm always trying to create new things, you know, but um, I don't know. I, I'm still able to feed myself with fixing things that I need to fix. I couldn't get to my checklists, you know, um, I pretty much by now know who I am, you know, pushing 50 and I figured out, you know, what I like to do and what I don't like to do. And um, I, how the restaurant helps you do that. Yeah. I mean, a restaurant has changed me a lot. I have changed for the better. I mean, this this restaurant, you can restaurants can drive you into the dirt, or it can you can it can elevate you and become something better as a person. You know, instead of some tyrant, you know, always upset about something and just handling things different, lowering your blood pressure, which is really hard to do in a restaurant. But uh, because the definition of restaurant really is chaotic, you know, right. but I love chaos. I do. I just I like pressure. Um, I feed off of it and I, I kind of thrive under it. But Kate, the pressure is different for her. So it's different, but we are at the bipolar ends of the spectrum. We are so different, but we build each other up. You know? So I suggest anyone who's doing anything, first of all, you need a good partner. <laughs> Actually, let me, let me married up. Hold, hold off on that, Frank. And because <laughs> we like to end every, we like to end every show with now, now you can speak to the listeners. What do you want your listeners to think? What do you want them to feel? What do you want them to do? Now, let, let's go back to that. What do you want them to think about the possibilities that they could do what it is you guys hadn't necessarily envisioned but did? What do you want them to think about their possibilities? Well, I mean, honestly, there's something you love. Uh, you have to follow your passion. If you're not passionate about it, I wouldn't bother doing it. You don't, I didn't do this for money. I did it because I love it. And if you're doing something for money, you're doing it for the wrong reasons. Because I, I, I mean, that that's not true, um, but you have to really respect and love um, what you're doing, you know? And I tell people all the time, you know, I just like, if you don't love something, you might want to try something different. You know? like, yeah. Yeah. Kate, let me switch to you. Let me, let me get the next question in. What do you want people to feel about if they're ever in a situation, like even to you, that is contrary to what your expectation was of what you do for a living, mm -hmm. what do you want them to feel about that? I guess to feel okay about that. I mean, some people really hate change, I, and I probably would put myself in that category. You know, I'm very structured and, you know, um, organized, so change is hard, but I think being okay with change um, and letting yourself develop uh, can be a good feeling. 
I mean, I, and it was for me. So I think it's to not be afraid of those feelings. Fantastic. And the last one, if they have an opportunity, what do you want them to do with when they're at this point in their career? Go for Go it. Go for it. <laughs> Start it up. Do your homework. Do your homework. Yes. Learn your craft or whatever it is, but you know it. If you know it, then you're going to do well. Mm -hmm. All right, just do it. Yeah, just jump in. Don't be afraid. I mean, just <laughs> fear is, it's tough to overcome. You get courage once you overcome fear. And you find that courage. We want to leave it with that. So uh, you have listened to A Climb to the Top, Stories of Transformation on Talk Radio 77 WABC. My guests this evening were Frank, Lynn, and Kate Diamond of a restaurant in, Kensing, in Kensington, Maryland called Frankly Pizza. Frank and Kate, thank you so much for coming on to the show. Thank you for having us. It is awesome. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>